0: I'm you can tell by my My getting dirty Hey, we're rolling. Oh! No?
1: You don't
2: want to do That's that? That's
0: fine, I can okay. edit whenever. But I wanted to tell Mike what we're gonna about. Oh, okay, talk about. then I will stop it.
2: It doesn't matter.
0: I can tell the audience.
2: Oh! Ooh. Clever. Gotcha, Jerry. Jerry's
0: Alright, we're really rolling. Chimp chat, and chill. This episode is going to be about craft, learn your shit, hustle, sell your shit, and producing make your shit. Was that Banaka? Yeah. Hmm. All right, we got- That
2: was pretty close to your mouth. I don't yeah. think I want to put it in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. no. Or so, near mouth. Or near my mouth. <laughs> Nick.
3: What's up? What's up, dude?
0: Nick, Mike, Drew, Johan, Carlo, and myself, Sonia, we're here for this podcast.
1: Woo!
3: What did you give him his last name?
0: When did I give him his no, last no, name? No, no, I mean,
3: you said his last name. Why He's can't not you my say, child. like, when he was baptized? <laughs> Can you tell me about my last oh, name? Oh, Mike Clark. Yes, cool, thank you.
0: <laughs> You're welcome, Mike Clark. Should I do that the rest of the day? Yes. Time? Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, so, Mike, before we get started on this... She already messed it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, You wanted to ask me about a film. Two films. What were they, again?
3: Uh, a Quiet Place and The Death of Stalin.
0: Right. Um, so my opinion about The Death of Stalin, why did you want to know about it so badly?
3: <laughs> well, you were a fan of Veep, right? You enjoyed Veep? I've never seen Veep in oh, my life. Haven't. Oh, Oh, I, th- I was under the assumption that you had. No, I mean, I mean, it feels like the type of darker comedy that you would uh, be interested in. And, uh, I mean, you mm-hmm. ended up going to see it, so yeah. I was curious. Yeah,
0: I saw the trailer at the loft and was laughing my ass off, but all the funniest parts were in the trailers. Really? Um, I okay. thought... But I loved the Steve Buscemi character. Oh, yeah. I thought the story was cool. Um, Johan, I think you had said something that I felt like that was exactly the the one weird thing about it, was the tone was strange, because it's a serious subject based on real history.
1: It's like a horror comedy. <laughs> it's like a political horror comedy. Yeah, I which
0: isn't a thing, or it shouldn't be a thing. But it, it was like really serious at times with some yeah. gore. But yeah. then they had like Stalin's son who was fucking hilarious. Who <laughs> yeah. Was that Rupert Rupert's friend or whatever? Um, yeah. He was so funny, and C, C Buscemi was hilarious, and he had one of the best lines I've ever heard in yeah. a film, which was, uh, two clowns, one punchline between you, or something like that. I just <laughs> loved that. Um, but overall, I expected it to be way, um, f- way more slapstick humor, way more, like, British funny. So yeah. it was kind of, like, weird. My opinion was, like, kind of like all over the place because it w- I've never seen anything like it before. <laughs> yeah, no. But I mean, really well done, just not sure what I think about it to tell you the truth. Okay. Even now. What about you?
3: Um, I thought it was clever, but at the same time it kind of freaked me out about the fact that, you know, um I forgot the the guy's name, but he was a serial rapist. Oh, you know, right? up, upwards of 172 <laughs> of young women like 14-year-olds, yeah, yeah. Not and Drew. lower, yeah, very and yeah. lower. Barrier, 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 yeah, Barrier, yeah. That was, that was odd. KBDG.
0: So there was like serious, like yeah, there were
3: serious tones like, in it, despite the fact they like that, set know, him was, on fire. And, yeah, you they, know. yeah, they shot him and set him on fire, and then blew his <laughs> the ashes into the wind, you know, with a fan. Right, oh, the but then they would have
0: ridiculous shit happening and silly things that they're saying, and yeah, people are American, people are British, people are right. Russian.
3: Yeah, that that was the other thing I liked is to accommodate the actors so that they could maintain their humor. Uh, they were allowed to speak just normally without without the accents. Right. You know yeah. that they gave that to yeah. all of them. There's, so you had all the these strange different, mix all too. These different voices you had
0: to like um, what's his name, Jeffrey Tambor, yeah. and then um, like Jason Isaacs. Just a weird mix of actors too. The fake
1: um. Russian
4: accents always sound bad. So it's yeah, they do better. To yeah,
0: Stalin's accent was British, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he looked just like Stalin.
4: To point uh, about trailers is mm-hmm. I have all altogether stop watching trailers
0: Oh it's a good thing that Nick nominated you for that trailer thing on Facebook right <laughs> I mean for yeah.
4: four movies I have not seen and it has good. enriched movies so much you
0: don't have expectations anymore or
4: I don't I don't see the the what do you do at parts. the movies you just leave close my eyes I close my eyes, <laughs> I, I, close my thoughts,
0: eyes. I shut my ears <laughs> mm-hmm. I yell all right <laughs> <laughs> oh my hell is happening Lord.
1: I had a
3: question about a
0: quiet place. A oh, quiet place. Yes. All right, what's your question about a quiet That's place, Mike quiet Clark? Th- what do you think about a quiet I place? I give it a solid 82%. And <laughs> The reason why is because it, it had some hokey bullshit in there. Um, it reminded me of kind of like some M. Nime- M- Night Shyamalan I shit. I heard a lot
3: of people say that. Really? That, yeah. Okay,
0: cool. Um, where it was kind of like, why didn't anybody figure that out in the first place? I kept expecting the chick to understand what was going on and the weakness of Hey, no spoilers. The I'm not spoiling it. <laughs> well, what, I know what they
1: have, have a weakness. you weakness? I know they have <laughs> a oh weakness. God. There's something going on. <laughs> I know there's a
0: plot. But it was just like how many fucking newspaper headlines and notes on boards, boards. can you write yeah. to It's like I get it. I'm not a fucking idiot, you know? Like you don't need to give me any more clues. Yeah. at all. So, it was too um, way too much of like trying to explain the movie. It's like, okay, you don't need to explain everything through what's written.
3: Would you consider it a horror film?
0: Sure. Yeah. Okay. But, like, a fun one. A you fun know? one, yeah. Like, it, it's it Nowhere near as
3: scary as they've been no. proclaiming it to be. No. You know, Lots of, all of
0: all good, up. like, suspense. Yeah, yeah, tension. Lots of tension. Right. So it's worth seeing, but, okay. it like, it's not... I'm, I'm never going to see it again.
3: And you won't go see the sequel that they're preparing
0: yeah, I would, but oh. I'll see anything with Movie Pass. So. Oh, true. What's up, Nick? Got a
3: question for you, man. Okay. Um,
2: uh, I'm sure I've asked you this before, but I don't know. Uh, what what do you consider to be the scariest film? For not, me, not best horror film, but just like yeah. flat out scariest. All right, we were talking about that. Yeah.
0: Um, for me, it always comes back to The Exorcist. Okay. And that has a lot to do with the subject matter and what I personally find scary. Yeah which is like there, there's always something a little bit about satanic stuff where I'm just like, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and so anything with Ouija boards, Satan, exorcism scares the shit out of me. Plus, I saw it when I was 10 years old, and I'll never forget that experience because uh, it was coming on at night. Um, where I lived, there was like, it was like commercial-free stuff and not censored. Um, mm. I was living in Germany at the time, and they would show movies late at night, and it would just be our one American station and no censorship, just the movie. And I, I think my dad, for some reason, was, like, on a night shift that night. And he was, like, don't watch The
4: Exorcist.
0: <laughs> and he left. And I'm, like, oh, I'm watching The Exorcist, of course. And I didn't go to sleep all night. I was so fucking scared. Yeah. So it sticks with me now. I did see The Exorcist when it was re-released. And there was, like, some extra footage and stuff. And it was, like, remastered. And I remember people giggling in the audience. Because it, it had become, over the years, kind of a joke and a cliché. And, yeah, so I was just like, "Oh, weird." <clears throat> so not everybody feels as scared about this movie and, and as I do anymore, you know. So that has a lot to do with just my personal preference. Yeah. I don't think that that needs to be the scariest movie for everybody.
1: People aren't having heart attacks in the aisles anymore,
2: right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: yeah, I I saw that like when I was probably eleven mm-hmm. or twelve, and it's traumatizing. It's oh my god, yeah. Like it's still like I I hear the music or you just like mm-hmm. seeing the name Reagan freaks me out. Yeah um but yeah i think you know if i was raised catholic and i think that was a big <sighs> part go. of it too like i was already like built in to be yeah. afraid of satan and right. possession right <laughs> yeah that that movie still like it, it messes me up
0: yeah definitely um but you know i'm a big fan of it now and I'm, i i like like i don't take it as serious i can watch it and not feel scared there's yeah, some know. movies I'll, I'll watch. That's I great. Still that's great scared. for you. Fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much for
3: telling us so much about your film experience. You're welcome, We've Mike Clark. so much about you today. <laughs> you know, Thanks for
0: fantastic. the strangely sarcastic My tone. Mike Clark is getting
1: sassy. <laughs> I like it.
0: You guys ask me these questions. Don't act like you didn't want to know the answer.
1: All right. I have one thought about death of Stalin. Okay. It's like, would you ever see a movie that's a comedy of the Nazis car- carrying out the Holocaust? Like, probably not. <laughs> but it's kind of comparable in that situation, the true. Great Terror in the Soviet Union, so... Yeah, that's, that's true. That's why it was such a weird tone to me. It's like, wow, this is one of the most horrible atrocities ever to happen mm-hmm. in human history, and here there, here's a, there's a comedy about it. Which, <laughs> <So>. it actually
0: <laughs> felt very modern day in that sense, with mm-hmm. the current political climate.
1: So, so... Interesting. An interesting choice, and I guess they pulled it off, but... Uh, mm mm-hmm. What
4: if all the Nazis were baboons?
0: (laughs) They were, (laughs) stupid. (laughs) All right. That'd be funny. The real podcast subjects are going to be craft, hustle, and producing. So let's start out with the first subject of craft. Craft. All about learning your shit. So um, we'll just kind of go around the table, have some questions for you guys about how you learn craft. and. Craft is such a big, broad, general term, um, but I'm talking about in, as filmmakers. So let's start with Mike Clark.
3: Well, are we talking about craft services? Or
1: <laughs>
0: get <laughs> out
3: <I don't> Mike. <laughs> Fine. Okay. All
0: right, Mike. So sound. Um, how long have you been doing sound now?
3: Uh, I would say I started it in... I started being interested in it in about 2003, and I didn't pick it up into professionally until about 2007.
0: Two thousand seven, and yeah. so from oh seven to now, what are some things that you would um, you would say that you've done in order to get better year by year?
3: Um, I mean, each I would say that I learned something new from each film that I worked on, mm-hmm. um, and whether it was a new piece of equipment that I needed, uh, a new way of recording or placing the microphone, you know. It was project to project. Um, I did some research online. I talked to other veteran uh, sound personnel, and you know, asked them questions. But for the most part, it was really sort of self-discovery about like, you know, oh, okay, well, if I wanted to isolate someone talking in the middle of a sort of noisy area, mm-hmm. the best way to put the microphone is to place it straight up and down in front of them, that way it cuts off as much as possible of the sound that's going on around them and uh you know versus pointing it straight at their face uh -hmm. in their mouth and stuff and so yeah I mean would you say it's a project project project
0: project. mostly you're talking about learning on set as you go
3: yeah yeah and then talking to veteran sound guys yeah yeah the most part is learning on set like I got a good foundation from my teacher in high school didn't really Mm -hmm. learn much at at the U of A or at Pima, <laughs> sadly. Um, <laughs> Makes uh, sense. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was definitely the interest was born of what my teacher taught me in high school, and then as I progressed, I bought my own equipment and you know went from set to set. Um, I was able to uh, you know learn more specific things and techniques and what equipment I would need and so yeah. on and so forth. You know? Okay.
0: All right, so I'm kind of I'm going to go next door to you with Drew. Hey Drew.
3: Hello. So,
0: I want you to either talk about acting or writing, you can choose either one. But when you think about the art of or when you think about craft and what it takes to learn learn an art that requires special skill sets, um, what would you say that your biggest tools have been in improving over the years in either one of those?
4: Repetition has really been useful. Um, this makes me sound like an asshole, but whatever. I, I, I learned to read out loud when I was three, mm-hmm. and I can remember the first time, like, getting attention for writing a story. I was in first grade, and I wrote like a horrible hurricane disaster film uh, script, basically. Um, and uh, so, I, writing's always just kind of been one of my intrinsic things, and I think it's kind of like an athlete that you're born with something, you're born mm-hmm. pretty good at something, and then doing the repetition and getting the, the, just the feel for it, just a thousand words a day, every day, no matter what, mm-hmm. until you get to a point where creativity doesn't have to be manufactured, or you don't have writer's block, because you just, you just right. do it. just forcing yourself to do it yeah like anything forcing yourself to do it is the way to be good
0: so with you we're really talking about writing and we're talking about practice 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 and
4: and also reading and immersing yourself in things that you aspire to be like Mm -hmm. so that helps a lot
0: okay uh let's move on to johan you can pick whatever subject you like so when we're talking about craft we're thinking in terms of an art a trade or an occupation that's requiring skill um
1: I'm a total hack. Like, I, I, just, I just figured everything out as I went along as I was making my films. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you just have to rely on your passion to, like like uh, Drew said, just force yourself to do it whether you know how to or not. Seek mm-hmm. out advice. Um, find information wherever you can and put it to use. And mm-hmm. try and fail and try again. And mm-hmm that's that's how i've done my film work
0: so when we're talking about developing craft developing those skills for you it's a perseverance and practice thing um failing and keep just keeping on with your passion towards getting that product that you want
1: just believe in yourself follow the dream
0: (laughs) (laughs) i think with indie filmmaking that's really common um you know something where we're talking about a very specific craft um Like, Nick, I'll go Mm -hmm. to you next. um. S and the D. (laughs) Yeah, when you S the D, do you concentrate (laughs) on the shaft or the craft? (laughs) The
1: shaft or the craft? (laughs) Ah.
0: Let's talk about the craft of directing. Um, So it's a specific skill set. And over the years, to improve, what would you say the tools that you go to over and over that help you get better as a director?
2: yeah so i i think uh you know there's a common thread so far with the other three answers that mm-hmm. uh, a huge chunk of it comes down to passion and not like sure. the shitty ideal of passion but like the actual like this you wake up and you want to do this thing you wake up you want to learn how to record sound better or how to write better or how to make your film better mm-hmm. um it's you know when you enjoy doing something it makes it not even easier just it's the thing that you're going to do right um so you know i i'm no different there i think that's been a big part of it um i think you know going off of what drew said about repetition Mm -hmm. uh you know we all learn in different ways you know some people learn best by really like focusing and studying and just doing that one project um Mm -hmm. i feel like i don't even know if i learn best but just the way i like to work Mm -hmm. uh is to work often so for me it's been more about getting the reps uh, you know, not thinking any project is too small.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, you know, being willing to come back to do tiny... Uh, shaft. Tiny shaft projects. <laughs> uh, so there's that. And then the other part of it is like you know, I do develop uh, mini-curriculums for myself, too. Yeah. Uh, where I'll set up and say, this quarter I'm going to read these books. I'm going to focus on these films. I'm going to break this stuff down. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, looking, the interesting thing about directing is that it does pull in a lot of different types of skill sets. Yeah. Uh, You know, some of his core filmmaking, but it's also, you know, uh, educating yourself in different art forms, uh, how different people communicate uh, in leadership and management, um, project management, uh, storytelling. So it's, Mm -hmm. there's all sorts of different things you can turn to. Uh, as you're trying to build up as a director and build that knowledge base
0: I would think there's just so many areas where you can and would want to learn about you know um, everybody in the crew has different skill sets that are important for you to at least know something about Mm -hmm. you know so um,
2: yeah you kind of have to have a a bit of a you don't have to be able to you know play the guitar but you have to understand how a guitar is played if that makes sense yeah of course what do you uh, think
1: is the most important skill uh, of the many involved in directing? Um, I
2: don't know. I'd, for me, I would say probably patience and...
1: Uh, communication. communication working with actors during the filming? I'm uh, just...
0: Um, it probably depends on the project too yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: patience that you know a film takes a long time to make you know you can't you can't force things uh patience in understanding that different people communicate in different ways uh, and it may not always be your style of communication and and you know patience in dealing with whatever the hell is going to happen you know that that uh that mm-hmm. shoot day mm-hmm. um i don't know yeah that's just the first thing that comes to my <laughs> mind uh sonya i'm curious uh yeah about your thoughts on the craft of writing it um and studying it because you know i think over the last couple years you've really put yourself through you know we're talking about independent study and self-imposed curriculums uh, yeah you're kind of that person i've kind of
0: given myself a kick in the ass in the past couple years because i was thinking like why am i wasting opportunity when there is opportunities there that i might have more of one than other people and some talent that's been there since I was a kid that I know about, you know, like what Drew was saying, you just know when you're good at something. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I'm not good at being a musician. I've tried it, and I am kind of suck at it because there, there's just something missing about my – something in my brain can't let go and just play. Um, I'm constantly analyzing and thinking about things, so writing is more my thing. And um, something I can do a little bit more freer. However, you know, um, I feel like with any craft that you need to prepare yourself both physically and psychologically. By physically, you know, just the generic stuff that you, you need to have, like rest and eating properly and feeling, you know, mentally stable. <laughs> um, and it, so psychologically, getting over the fact that there might be a block, which as Drew has helped me learn, there really is no such thing as writer's block. Um, so for me uh, I've heard a couple good quotes recently one of them was recommit yourself to whatever it is that you have a passion for your writing, your acting, your filmmaking recommit yourself to that every day and the other great quote was from Quincy Jones, you guys read that interview this past year, so funny yep. <laughs> um, this is a direct quote you've got to respect the gift God gave you by learning your craft I thought that was so cool Somebody who's been around for so long in the industry to say that. Yeah. And, um, you, so you know. Believe with God. What's that?
1: So you believe in God then?
0: Who fucking cares about that part? <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> 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 respecting what it is that you can do best by learning your craft. And for someone that old to say <laughs> you should still be learning your craft is a really good lesson. So for me, I think if anyone's, you know, um, asking themselves, well, how can I? How, I have a passion for this. Mm-hmm. How can I learn more about that craft? Um, you know, whether that everyone's path is different, and I don't want to get into like school or whatever, but um, I think that, you know, reading every book you can find about the subject, watching YouTube educational videos, listening to podcasts that cover the subject, Facebook groups, um, talking to professionals like Mike does, buying the materials. Um, the proper tools, lessons, master class, reading scripts is a great thing if you're interested in writing screenplays, um, and learning related topics, like with directing, what you're saying about needing to know what everybody does a little bit. Um, so those are really important things that I think, um, y- you know, you-, you can never take for granted that you're just good at something, and you're always going to be good at something. You have to practice it all the time, and you can always get better, you know.
4: I um
2: just want to chime in real quickly on what Mike had said about the idea of reaching out to other uh, to professionals, to mm-hmm. people that are farther ahead in their career or their craft than you. Important. I, I, I think that's so important and I know I personally have a tendency to overlook that and forget about the importance of that, of mm-hmm. finding those people that like, okay, this person's a little bit farther ahead. Um, you know what can i learn from them what can mm-hmm. you know can i develop a relationship where i can specifically ask them these questions these things that i'm struggling with yeah and mentors. finding that mentorship is, is is such an invaluable thing yeah if you can treat that mentorship with um with respect right and understanding how you fall into that uh, that dynamic
0: sure yeah not asking for too much time and, right yeah um definitely So I think we all have like a common thing that we all have a really strong passion for the things that we love to do, and we all have techniques to keep ourselves um, up with the practice. I remember first starting out working on film here in Tucson just to get more experience. Um, I would just work on anybody's film, you know, like people named Nine and stuff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you got to. I think it's yeah. fine.
0: It's good to just dip your feet into it and then just being like, whatever, I don't care. I'll just try anything. Um, and one thing I r- recognize is that they had constant meetings. <laughs> <laughs> right? Meetings about meetings about meetings. It was always just wanting to have a fucking meeting.
1: The illusion you know? of progress.
0: Yeah. And, and you just get tired of it. What do
2: you think that is that you know, prevents people from... Just making the, the thing. Step? I mean, you, you talked about gumption. Mm-hmm. Um, it's is fear
4: it, and insecurity. You think so? Yeah. yeah. And just what? Fear of failure? Yeah, just afraid to, to do it yeah. because it might not be good. Or you're just lazy. Or you're just lazy. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. it's a lot of work to do this well, kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, the thing is then, those, if it's fear and laziness, those are things that you can overcome. But laziness it's not, you can overcome with discipline and structure yeah. and there, fear. Yeah. There's something else.
0: There's something else, and it's called delusion. Mm. which we see running rampant in Tucson because there's people who believe they're filmmakers, believe they're actors, believe they're artists and they do all of the things to make it look like they are to people that don't know any better and they don't have anything to back it up.
1: Like buying the latest drone and then filming the same (laughs) drone shots.
0: I don't know. Yeah, that's a good example. I think um,
2: (laughs) people get caught up in the idea of they think I'm trying to think the best way to phrase this. I heard a version of this recently but I'll ramble through it. Uh, That you get too focused on yourself as the messenger Mm
1: -hmm.
2: of something and you lose focus of the message. Oh, yeah. You know, so you you want people to, you know, come and praise you and say, you did a great job with this Mm -hmm. film or you did this, but they don't have the interest in actually just making it in the process of it. Right. You know, I mean, it feels great when people tell you you did a great job, but it that shouldn't it, be your but goal. It's, Yeah, it, it doesn't feel anywhere near as good as just the process of making something.
0: Right, there. and being proud of the work yeah. that you did.
2: And it's okay if you don't enjoy that process mm-hmm. of making something, too. Um, that's
0: why you should have a team around you that can help. Yeah. You know, that helps so much if, if you're that type of person.
4: Focusing too much on the toilet paper and not the roll. Yeah. <laughs> the shit that yep, you that's a, <laughs> 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 Then you just get it full of
1: shit. <laughs>
0: Well, I think, you know, we Drew and I mentioned this a couple of days ago where it was just kind of like, wow, um, acting is one thing where everybody thinks they can do it and not that many people can actually do it. <laughs> and it's to me, it comes down to the fact that they don't want to actually learn the craft. They, they don't, don't respect it. They don't respect the craft right. enough to actually uh, put the time and effort into getting better, um, becoming an actual... Uh, true driven they'll do anything actor you know because we've worked with actors like that before Mm -hmm. and they're like blue collar workers basically Mm -hmm. they'll do whatever in order to make a good product they'll get really into the role um, and they put the time and effort into it and yeah they have a talent that was it's pretty much you know a rare thing that not everybody has Um, so that helps but they didn't just sit back and decide like I'm going to be an actor and tell everybody I'm an actor and hashtag actor on my my Instagram and I'm an actor.
4: Clint and Jordy are great examples of that. Yes,
0: of being good actors, of not being good yeah. actors. not faking <laughs> it. Sorry, of, of, yeah, I was like, whoa.
4: Of really honing their craft and really yeah. giving it their all.
2: Guys yeah. like that, I think that goes back to these are people who care about the craft and You'll care about making a living and. They uh they aren't about the the part of it of like, hey, look at me, I'm this great amazing actor. It's the hey, I like acting, I'm going to do this, mm. I'm gonna make this my, my livelihood. And I think right. probably of all of the professions and parts in film, acting is I would assume the easiest one where you can lose uh, you know, yourself into the ego of it. Um because yeah. your face is and your voice is you know, the product that you're selling.
0: But it's really, it's really interesting because I think that all of us, um, as people that work in film really respect actors. Um, and, and, you know, it's, we're kind of actor centric. Mm-hmm. Like this is all that matters when it comes down to it. It is this actor's performance. Let's make sure that we are doing all our, all of our jobs properly to get their performance. Um, you know, and make them make sure that they are, we're accommodating what they need to do to get there. Um, but we, we were definitely at a point where we could see that uh, within 20 to 30 seconds of someone's reel um, and that's another discussion we had is like you know if you're an actor and you're trying to break in and you're trying to get jobs take the fucking time to actually be a professional and put together a good reel even if you have never even gotten a role yet take the time to put a, a good reel together that's that looks good where it's showcasing your talent you know um it just amazes me even people that live in los angeles and new york um <laughs> that have stuff that is just complete ridiculous garbage it should never be shown to anybody because it doesn't showcase anything you know it's just like here i am in a music video in the background I'm like yeah, well, that's and not and we, an, we saw this because you
2: know we're in the midst of casting a project and we're casting out of la and like you said it, it's it's astonishing every single time that. You know, um, to me it, again, it feels like a lack of respect for yes, the profession definitely. and for what you know people are, are truly doing. That it's you know take a look yeah. around, understand what the the norms are of the industry, what kind of expectations are, mm-hmm. you know, and put it together the right way if you want people to take you seriously. Because that's also a representation of how you know we think that the experience of working
4: with you is going to be like as well. Hey, right. I'm a really really good carpenter. Oh, okay. Uh, do, what, what have you made? I ain't got no cabinets.
0: <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't see that in other professions so yeah. much. You know, like you can't just say you are something and not prove it and get the job. So yeah, respect your fucking face. Craft. Look at this face. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's another thing too. We saw some where were like, damn, nice headshots. These headshots are great so the makeup artist the hairstylist and the photographer did a fantastic job of representing this person as an actor and then we play the real and it's like uh no (laughs) no 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 and i
2: you know i think sometimes people look at you know maybe resources as a reason or as an excuse to not have the reel that they should have or the headshots or whatever it is that you know they should have to portray themselves as professional but Mm
1: -hmm. you know like
2: mike was saying he early on bought his own equipment Mm -hmm. you know it wasn't somebody didn't give him money and say hey let's see how great you are at audio he said
3: this is something i'm interested
2: in i'm going to make a sincere investment right this this career is going to cost you money sure that's just kind of the bottom line and, and even, if you care about it you will make that investment.
0: Yeah, you can still get a good headshot um, the, at an effective price yeah. and you know, if you if you take enough time to uh, find some resources that you can do cheaply, you can have a friend call in a favor and make a reel. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So, or or you don't take it seriously and you don't ever do that. So, <laughs> there's one, that. One
4: last comment on that. Instead of a reel of like student films you were in and, and commercials and music videos, set up and shoot one Great thirty-second scene. That would even work better. That would be so much better than a bunch of clips that suck. (laughs) That takes a lot of crafts that you don't have.
0: (laughs) Exactly. All right, let's go to the next subject. It's hustle. All right. Thanks, producer Nick. Hustle or sell your shit. Um, So, kind of tying into what we were just talking about. Um, just because you have a good product, that doesn't mean that you can just put it out there and expect to make money and it's gonna come rolling in. As we know, <laughs> um, you still have to go out there. It's a super difficult industry to just break into. There's no guarantees. It's really unpredictable. Sometimes you think you're you know, gonna land a job and it falls through. Um, and you have to go out there and find the work. So um, I just kinda wanna talk more about how we do this hustle Um, we'll start with Mike Clark again so Mike you you know I would say you're a freelance dude right you got to be a freelance sound guy there's no like corporate companies with like conglomerates of sound dudes that are just getting hired out left and right that I know of. Right? so um, how do you keep getting work like how do you find it how do you uh, network what are your resources to make sure that you're gonna get hired on jobs Um, keep buying watches and shit
3: uh, <laughs> uh, well, the um the timepiece is aside because you know once you get to a certain amount of money, it, it, it becomes a timepiece, not a watch. Um, so so fuck you. Told me. Uh, but um, yeah, all kidding aside. Uh, the um, I mean, you weren't kidding at all. Yeah, I wasn't actually. <laughs> um, there's a good portion of my work that comes from word of mouth. And I get those um, very generous offers because I give my all whenever I am brought onto to a particular set or whenever I agree to a contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fully aware of whether or not, you know, it's the most ideal or maybe not the most ideal contract. But if I sign on to it, I am going to give you my all. Um, versus, you know, I've known many people who will sign on to something knowing that it's going to be like, uh, crappy rates or extremely long hours or not idyllic conditions. Mm -hmm. They sign on knowing this and then start bitching all the time. And that's very (laughs) unprofessional and that doesn't get you recommended by those people or get recommended to other people by those people. So... A fair amount of my work is through word of mouth, doing a good job with this person who then recommends me to this other person. Mm -hmm. Um, I also keep my skills sharp by um, doing short projects where I will take a piece of art depicting some type uh, type of scene Mm -hmm. and I'll do what uh, I call a soundscape. So basically I'll draft up about a 30 second long story of what's happening in the sequence. And then using only sound, I'll create a story, basically a radio show of what's going on. That's cool. So the latest one I did is a picture of a a wheelbarrow is being pushed by a group of people and behind them there's a dragon swooping in. So I start Mm -hmm. off telling the story where it's nice and quiet and then suddenly you start hearing flapping wings, people start screaming. And then you hear a roar and some crashing as he as the dragon lands on the building and you know it it cuts. Mm-hmm. So thirty seconds to keep my skills sharp and then I can also use that sort of as a well here's like my most recent piece, completely all my work. No one else except for the art, you know, had a hand in this. And you know, I can use that as a, a ticket as like a Sort of a short reel thing instead of sending them an actual reel.
2: Mm-hmm. Hey, Mike, where can we see that, or where can dear listener see
0: that? See it. Uh, or hear hear it. it.
3: I don't usually post those online. I usually keep those in my library. Um, it's a private but, library. <laughs> uh, my private private library. I picture um,
2: he has a uh, like a secret room in his place, oh. or he goes back and it's just. Filled with cassette tapes (laughs) and And timepieces. Yeah, no,
3: that's my sound palace. (laughs) He just spends (laughs) hours back there. (laughs) Sound palace, yes. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no. uh, Word of mouth, um, Mm -hmm. and you know, sometimes the the real, and uh, also just uh, searching sites like uh, Mandy, uh, crew me up. Uh, Not really Craigslist because that's a lot of hit or miss. Um, and, uh... Lobster tube. (laughs) Not really. Um, yeah, I mean... He said
0: lobster tube. (laughs) Beware. Okay, Mike, I'm going to go on to Drew, but real quick question for you. Wilhelm Scream is to Stan Lee cameos, true or false?
3: The Wilhelm scream yeah. is to Stan Lee cameos?
0: Yeah.
4: Stan Lee.
3: Oh, Stan Lee. True or false? Uh, That's your
1: combining analogy with true or false. Shut up.
3: <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't. Know. The, the Wilhelm scream is one of the most recognizable uh-huh. classic film screams. All right, what ever. I'm trying to say is, <laughs> I, I they're,
0: I'm both over them hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, okay. <laughs> like if I hear the fucking Wilhelm scream one more time in some dumbass bubblegum commercial, I'm gonna I, kill I like it. Stanley. It's classic. It's, it's classic. Like that's, it. that's me though.
3: It makes me happy when I hear it. All right, <laughs> do
0: I want you to do your best Wilhelm scream right now?
3: Yes. Ah. yes. <laughs> okay, it's gonna cover my ears. Okay.
0: Mike, Wilhelm scream.
3: Oh no, absolutely not. I'm not, do, I'm not doing that. Bah!
0: Do you even know what it is? Yeah, I do. Do it. Ah. No. no. It's, it's pretty good.
1: Two tone. It's
0: ah. <laughs> it makes me angry, Drew. All right. So Your Drew. Your best Stanley. What?
4: Your best Stanley. I'm about to die. <laughs> you do the Wilhelm scream.
0: I just did. He and I did it in do sync. It Oh, shit. Thank you. I need to hone in on the craft of When yacht. you
2: edit this, you should just plug in the actual <laughs> for all
1: I'm of I'm going them. to. Actually, can you put that soundscape as the outro? <laughs> <laughs> just loop it in reverse <laughs> over.
2: Mike, I want you to publish these, man. I want to see them. Yeah. Hear them. He
0: wants to see and hear them. Uh, he he uh, wants I'll, to do live animation to them.
3: <laughs> uh, I'll see what I can do.
0: All right. Cool. All right, Drew. Um, let's talk about Hustle. So Drew does a whole lot of hustling for Crown Chimp. He's uh, our sound, our our sound guy. You're not our sound guy. Sometimes you are. Mm. He's our uh, sales dude. Really, I'm is really good at networking, talking to people, meeting people, noticing toenail polish, and then setting up meetings, <laughs> and continuing on the relationship. Um, but I would say you're not. Um, you know, your everyday life, you you you're not. Looking to have a bunch of friends, but you're good at at making these connections with people. So, um, you know, when you're talking about like maybe someone who is good enough to start wanting to sell their shit, they have a good reel or a good team, and they want to start a production company. Um, what what's some advice you would give to somebody about about actually making those deals in yeah. this industry?
4: Yeah, the Hustle is to me three components. Um, the first one is people say the the work speaks for itself, and it does not. <laughs> it it never does, no matter how good it is. Uh, yeah. People don't people may like it, but they don't understand why they should buy it or the usefulness of it or the utility of it. You you make a a great short film, and people love it, and then they go, okay, I loved that. You have to tell them what they can do with it, where yeah. they can sell it, how they can shop it, how it could be a pilot, how it could lead it to benefit. benefit for them. Yeah. yeah, the work does not speak for itself. You have to speak for it. The second thing is it a really simple old sales maxim is is it's contact sport. Mm-hmm. It just really is. It's talking to as many people as you can without crossing the threshold of being generic. Right. Uh, as many people as you can genuinely approach and talk to and hopefully connect with the better and the third thing is is asking yeah (laughs) that's something that that people really don't do um, out of fear or out of you know worry anxiety is is pull the trigger and ask for the deal ask for the sale Mm -hmm. ask for the meeting ask for the money
0: ask for the
1: referral
4: ask for the referral Mm -hmm. right right you get you show them all this all the features and benefits of whatever product you're making mm-hmm. you get to the point where they're really interested and they're ready to go and then you, you just don't finish you don't close yeah. you, you just gotta ask them so when can we do this or how can we make this happen
0: right yeah all right cool good answers so for you Jan I'm going to phrase a little bit differently in terms of being an indie filmmaker because I would say um, like for Gun Driver you know I don't know if you had a budget or whatever, but the, the final product is something really cool-looking that stood out. But how did you go about, like, getting the resources to pull it all together? You know, like, how do you ask for the things that you need, and how did you pull that all off? Uh,
1: well, as far as, like, making it or after it was done? As far as making yeah. it, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just uh, calling a lot of people, asking a lot of people, and mm-hmm. just... Uh, be willing to pay people for what you want, like don't yeah. expect people to give you anything I always I paid actors who wanted to be paid I, I rented locations I rented uh, uh, props and things mm-hmm. um, so I, you know I didn't have a lot of money, but i I paid what I had to pay to get what I wanted on screen okay um. So-
0: it's a little bit different. What about um, now but, that it's done, yeah, do you have future plans for?
1: Well, I was going to say the hustle is the hardest part. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, okay, so you've got this movie it's and, a different it's, skill and it's cool. Set. But actually getting people to watch it, let alone buy it, mm-hmm. is like, um, you know, what can you do? Um, I don't know. I, th- I think a lot of people just, they don't re- they're not really that interested in indie films.
0: To the point where they will pay money. for Yeah,
1: (laughs) even if it's like a dollar, it's like it's like the. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, I haven't made any any. You know, I made like two (laughs) dollars off of my movie. He's (laughs) up two dollars. That's not bad. (laughs) It's better than breaking even. Well, I'm not. No, I'm not up two (laughs) dollars. I'm I'm down whatever minus two (laughs) dollars. I gotcha. Um, But um, you you kind of phrased another question. What was it?
0: Oh, no, that was it, just kind of, okay. like, post-plan-wise. Oh. Um, the ultimate goal is getting people to see things and yeah, pay I don't for know. it.
1: I, <laughs> uh, it is what... It's there, it exists. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm happy about. It yeah. exists. And if anybody... Like, some guy from the Netherlands bought the DVD on, on eBay. Oh, cool. And uh, he, like, asked... You know, he had to ask... Because so it was, like, special to ship it out of the country or whatever. Yeah. So he emailed me and asked me... And yeah, he bought it, and he watched it, and he told me that it was awesome, and I was like, hey, <laughs> that's great, you know? Yeah, cool. that is
0: really cool. <laughs> I mean, that makes it all worth it. <laughs> yeah,
1: one random person in Europe <laughs> <laughs> bought it on DVD. <laughs> that's awesome, though.
0: Yeah, I think that's better than none. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, distrib- distributors, um, yeah. David Pike, actually, the guy who does the screening room now, uh-huh. he's a, a distributor for indie films. Oh, and, okay. Um, so he got, he got it on Amazon for me.
0: Oh, cool. That's so nice. So yeah. I
1: guess I'm not sure exactly how financially that works. Yeah. Like if somebody rents it or whatever, I get a little bit of money there. But, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's pennies. But it doesn't matter because it's yeah. all about the art. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on the hustle? Because you definitely take part in in that um, quite a bit along with Drew. And you go, you network you get resources you keep up with people and you know well what do you got to say about it the hustle <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: yeah so i uh
0: you wrote something down pink in your notebook because mm-hmm. well druid <laughs>
2: said something i wanted to come back to okay. uh which was the the whole uh the work doesn't speak for itself component of it okay um and i think that's absolutely that's that's so true. I mean, there's a reason why studios spend so much money on marketing and advertising. Because yeah. If the work spoke for itself, they would just put the film out there, and then word of mouth would make it. But that's not mm-hmm. how. That's just not how people's brains work. Right. Uh, and so, I, you know, I think as individuals, you as filmmakers, you have to think of your work and the work, the services, whatever it is that you provide, in a very similar way to you know, marketing it into getting it out there in front of people, mm-hmm. uh, you know, developing what are the stories, what are your own personal myths that you can repeat, uh, you know, quickly and often mm-hmm. uh, to people uh, that, you know, you're playing a little bit of a character yeah. uh, when you meet new people, everybody is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the more that you can hone in on that and practice that, the easier it gets, um, the more you can hitch those, hit those touchstones, you can help somebody understand who you are as quickly as possible right. so you can make that lasting impression
1: yeah
2: uh, so but it's you know it's a big part of it and something you know when we go speak to students we talk about if you if you're feeling confused or lost in your career or you're just starting off you're not quite sure what it is you want to do mm-hmm. uh, it really comes down to do good work and get that work seen by the right people like those yeah. are the two core elements um which is what you know what we're talking about do good work that's the craft side of it mm-hmm. and get it seen by the right people that's the hustle side of it Yeah. Um, and so you just you have to keep putting yourself out there you have to keep following up with people um, you can't take things personally throughout the process uh, yeah. and you you know I, I think part of it is and it comes back to the same reason that we we're talking earlier about how you know people everybody has an idea but not everybody has something to show for it whether right. that's laziness or fear or um, delusion delusion yeah. uh, you know, these are things that can be overcome. You sure. know, delusion is something
1: that can be overcome. Surround yeah, yourself you with the right it, people. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like what you said about the right people, yeah. Like, uh, it's kind of similar uh, in a way to having a target audience. And it's, I think that's really important for like film mm-hmm. festivals. Like, I submitted my film to f- film festivals that were kind of along the same theme. Yeah. Um, and they did well at at, at those festivals, like yeah, yeah. So uh, it's kind of similar with with people uh, figure out who's who's going to be interested in your little For niche sure. of the film you have got.
0: Yeah, especially you know thinking of you guys as directors, um, you're you're selling yourself, you're developing a brand, and you're finding the people that will become your fan base, right? right? Yeah, so, and we know that because we're big fans of specific people, and we'll see all of their films, and probably if they're bad, still like them and <laughs> defend them. You know, that's really important because um, you're, you're hitting on that market. So, like, you know, what I saw, um, it's like a teaser clip for Gun Driver at, was at the, the loft uh, First Fridays? And that film really stood out to me because I like that kind of stuff. So I was like, that was badass, mm-hmm. that was cool, you know, and that's how we became friends because I sought out who made that film. I don't remember any of the other ones.
1: Yeah. So it
0: has a specific look and feel and brand.
2: Yeah, I, that's that's a really interesting point, man. That you know, you you can't be all things to all people. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. most people are not going to be
1: interested in what you got. Yeah. So you got to find the people who might be interested. Yeah. Right? And really seek it's them out, them and, 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 and,
4: and they'll yeah. be loyal to you and devoted.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah.
4: They'll worship you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sonia, going back to something previously that uh-huh. I, kn- I knew I had heard it. Zig Ziglar, success is not measured by what you do compared to what others do. It is measured by what you do with the ability God gave you.
0: Okay, Okay. so Quincy was uh, hitting on that point there. (laughs) Uh, Nice.
2: I want to say something real quick about that, too.
0: God? About God.
2: Uh, (laughs) Well, because this is, you know, it's such a weird competitive industry. Yeah. And it's so easy to look at what somebody else is doing and get. Get discouraged or or feel like things are lining up for them. Um, Or
0: like you're a giant poser. (laughs)
1: Exactly. that sucks. Why is it so popular? Right. Or that. Yeah. And, you know,
2: people (laughs) all are also looking at you in the exact same way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not seeing all the warts and everything else behind it. They're seeing like, wow, how did, you know, that happen for them?
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, And I think it's really important for everybody to remember that you, you know, we all exist in our own time zone.
1: Mm Um
2: you know you can't measure where you are at one point to somebody else because you don't really ever know where somebody else is at yeah for starters but also it's not that's not the barometer yeah. uh who you were five years ago that's the barometer right. where you were at there but uh you know coming back to, Comparing. to just it's about yeah your own journey there
0: yeah that will definitely hold you back yeah. to constantly compare um yeah i agree with that Cool. Let's move on to the third topic. Maybe, what? hey, how long have we been doing this? How long have we been doing this? 53 minutes. I think I'll end this section of the podcast now, and then we'll come back and talk about, I don't know, producing, or whatever. So, yeah. Bye. Outro music
4: soundscape. <laughs> well, I'm too. I'm tipping holes. You can <scared>. tell by my paste, though. My niggas right. dirty for the night.